There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Carrying Through the Matrix on the 15th of August 2013. For any newcomers who are listening tonight, please look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You'll see a whole bunch of sites listed there. These are the official sites I have. They've all got lots of audios for download where I go through the system that we're born into and how it came to be, who runs the system and where its plans to go because it was set up over a hundred years ago by the wealthiest guys on the planet. They formed private foundations and tax-free foundations too, and they basically started to hire and create armies of non-governmental organizations to alter politics, uh, society, and every possible way imaginable to suit the elite at the top, the ones who had set up the foundations, and the ones who set up the foundations were international bankers of their day, and they were based in the city of London. But of course, they formed their private institutions and clubs like they're all, uh, the RIA and the CFR in America. Now they have branches across the whole world that direct the policies of all countries that are in this thing called democracy. This is the same organization, Royal Institute for International Affairs. They also set up the World Bank. They set up the, the Bank for International Settlements that manage all the private central banks. And they set up the IMF as well. And they plan to use economics at the end of the game, which is now, by the way, to bring every country under their, their iron fist and run the world properly, according to themselves. And they really believe this, too, that... Uh, the private business, uh, their own private businesses, of course, international boys, they don't like competition in the low end. They like to have all high, high guys up there who are all members of the club. They'll run the world in a feudalistic fashion. So this is what we're going through today as things become privatized from governments. And what's the point in having a government when everything's privatized? And, uh, of course, there's no say against the private organizations that then run your water, your food supplies, gas, electricity, all the other things that you need, because the government turns around and says, well, we can't do anything about it because it's private companies which are doing it all. And that's how it's meant to be, you see, as we go into austerity and many, many changes still to come, because these guys plan the future, sometimes centuries in advance. So I hope you accept the websites. Remember, too, you can get transcripts of the talks for print-up in English, and you can also get transcripts of many of the talks I've given, and, and, and you'll find them in other languages if you go into alanwattsentinel.eu. Remember, too, you can help me take along here by getting the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And uh, to do so from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders, or you can use cash or send PayPal. And you can also... Uh, across the world, use Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal once again. Straight donations are seriously welcome because we're all feeling the pinch now as the plan is for the next 10 years to go into inflation gradually every single year until your currency is worth at least a half of it was when it started. That, that is a big plan. That's what they mean by quantitative easing. It means inflation and simply printing money up. But after all, money is a con anyway. It's backed by nothing to start with. So, the con masters and the con managers are running the world today, 
and we're all in the big corn because uh, we've been given no other uh, form of, of, of a system of either government or even money system. And as I said many, many times in the past, if you uh, take your car into a particular garage and each time you drive away the wheels fall off, you don't go back to the garage you get another system, another bunch of guys to do it. But if you notice with the banking crashes that happened in twice a century at least, and many in between small ones, uh, they never change the system. The reason is because the money boys run the world. They run the world, they run the governments, and they all belong to the big clubs they set up, like the CFR, Royal Institute for International Affairs, and the other media giants, which all belong to it too, to make sure we all have the same indoctrination across the whole planet. After all, it's global, you see. It's a global, uh, total conquest is global, and this is conquest. There are many forms of warfare, and economic warfare seems to be the most powerful one of all, because it runs every single country on the planet. Every prime minister and president must go to the bankers and and borrow money uh, every few months now, actually, uh, to keep all their different systems going. The big bankers, too, brought you socialism because they prefer a socialist government, because it creates a massive welfare system and lots of debts, which they live off the interest. Of course, they love debt. And it's easier to manage the general population with a socialist-type government. Uh, so we're going through the whole agenda. So get the books and discs at cuttingthroughmedias.com. Find out how the art of chronology has been used down through the ages, from, from ancient times to the present, and find out where it's all supposed to go. Because the big boys do tell us where it's all going and that they're futuristic reports. And many of the people involved in creating the cultural changes necessary to bring us to those stages write their memoirs and books, and they love to talk about themselves and their part in it and so on and so on. Most folk don't read it because uh, they're very dry sometimes and boring, but you come across an incredible paragraph once in a while which lets the whole cats out of the bag, and, uh, and it's really something that's worth it then. You have a few grey hairs, but it's worth it. But we're living through rush times, and through rush times you stampede the cattle, the cattle today are the people, and that's what they call us, by the way, and they also have us stampeding under many kinds of crisis, perpetual crisis. And because then we do what we're told, we're all scared and don't know what's happening, government tends to look after you all, and then you really speed through rapid changes, which we accept, because there's no time to think or complain or anything else as we rush through a crisis after crisis after crisis. But we'll end up going into austerity. And austerity means that all your, your spending money will go towards uh, beer essentials. That's the world they're bringing in for most of the world. Because now you have an incredible ultra-rich ultra, ultra rich elite like never before. You have a few joining them just on the, the borders of it who have many, many billions of dollars, but they're not at the top yet. And you're all the rest of us, of course, uh, who are at the bottom and who have no say in anything at all. So the, the gap is, is there already. Eugenics factor into it too, because even a hundred years ago, the same club said that uh, uh, those who had evolved the most were already the richest people on the planet, the families we're talking about. And the rest of them were left were the refuse. That's the people who didn't make it to the top, all the workers, in other words. And the time would come through science and various other technologies they wouldn't need all this labor anymore, and the problems would be over. So, they would, of course, we're going into an age of uh, high technology and robotics and many other, other things involved with it too. But uh, they're also wanting to take down the populations. And when you see male fertility just, just plummeting since the 1950s, along with all the inoculation programs, and going further still since uh, 
all the, the different GM foods were introduced, uh, then you know it's not by accident. You almost have to say who benefits from anything that happens, who benefits from this. And you'll always find it ties in with plans made by the big boys themselves. It's a horrific thing to think about. Most folk can't handle this. And so they get what, what the big government gives you, lots of entertainment. So you want to escape from it all. And then you get more indoctrination, even through your entertainment. And entertainment, believe you me, uh, is the best way to indoctrinate the public because your firewall is down. You think you're being entertained. You're not on guard against anything. And that's how you get redirected to, to your PC updates, your political correct updates. And you get them all the time. Now you're supposed to think this way about this group and, and, and feel sorry for this other group here and so on and so on. That's how it's done. So simply through, through emotion, emotional imprinting is far superior uh, than lectures on why you should think, believe this or go with this or go against that. Emotion is the best way to do it. When you feel guilty, bad, whatever, because you'll see someone being beaten up in fiction, of course, and you'll take that as a standard thing that's supposedly happening across the world. And, and then, of course, you, you'll, you'll change your, your mind about something because of emotive promotion, really, embeds in your mind. Scientists, of course, talked about this very, uh, all these techniques, by the way, a hundred years ago, uh, when they were brought on board and big think tanks to work with governments and working with, uh, actually hired out from these foundations, these philanthropic foundations. And uh, remember, too, that even Adam Weishaupt said they would take over and make a parallel government comprised of philanthropists. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system, because that's all there is, isn't it? It gives us a reality, it's got everything figured out, education to indoctrinate us all, and it gives us updates, as CPC updates all the time, and how we're to think about new things all the time and change our opinions about things too. And it also gives us lots of entertainment, which is a good way of escaping from the nastiness of world, the world around us. And even entertainment is weaponized as well. It has been for an awful long time, mind you, and it's a great tool for indoctrination and changing minds of people through entertainment. Comedy, of course, is always start the, the, the really taboo subjects, and that's where they put the things across for updates, make it comical, and then it gets into, into more non-fictional films, or more fictional films with no humour at all, and actually lots of blood and guts and so on. But anyway... We know that we're going into a really bad time, and so the elite know it too, because they've been planning it for an awful long time. They knew the time would come when uh, they would bring the world into something called austerity. The big giant banks that supposedly crashed in 2008 were all aware, well aware five years at least beforehand it was going to happen, and they colluded with each other and said they were too big to fail and dis- dispelled in their, their profits to the very, very end. And the profits were all based on lots of mortgages that really weren't worth uh, the paper that were written on and so on, things like that, which they're selling to each other and upping the prices on. So it's all a, a giant con as we go through, because uh, we're run by those at the top. Those at the top who are psychopathic, remember, um, don't see themselves as psychopaths. They, they see themselves as the winners. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? They tell you that it's all about winners, winners, winners. No one wants a loser. 
that's been the credo of uh, of this kind of um, system for a long, long time. And so they claw their way up to the top, they backstab to get up there, and the most aggressive of them get to the top, and then they they want to run the world basically in, in any way that they can. And, to, and giant plunder is is their way of saying we're on the Darwinian scale of things that they're the fittest to survive because they'll take all uh, precautions and all all advantages too to make sure that themselves and their own progeny will survive into the future. And technically, from if you stand back and look at it, they're technically right in this system. Because you see, it's not a natural system. And, uh, and so they've had many, many talks about this at the top, uh, how they should go through to the future, uh, at the futuristic meetings that have. Remember the first futuristic meetings too were, were actually financed with, by Lord Rothschild in the 1800s, including uh, the, the, the early science fiction, in fact. The idea being to push this this whole idea of winners and losers and those who should go on into the future because they, they, they had their philosophy already to do with elitism and they merged it with Darwinism too. And this is what they came out with. Uh, we can't all survive on this planet. They, they pulled up the old Malthusian doctrine into too, too many people. They'll take all the fittest ones' food from them and they, they don't deserve to go on themselves. But we do because we're at the top of the tree. Prove, so that, that's a proof in itself. You see that the fit is to survive. So the time would come, they knew too, that, um, uh, they would, with once the technology really was taken over and science was a big, big thing, the new religion, that they would, they could use this and, uh, and need less people to, to go on and to use, etc., to keep them sustained at the top. So now we're going into the stage where they, that, that eventually at this con of money and debt, and even boring and lending uh, is all coming to, to a close. They knew this time would come as well. They don't sit back and just wait for it happening and say, what will we do then? They plan for every possible contingency with military precision, believe you me. And we've seen the war on terror used across the whole world with the same laws basically being rolled out by every country involved uh, at the same time after 9-11, which tells you they'd already uh, drafted up these things way in advance because uh, bureaucrats don't, believe you me, with lawyers all involved and so on, they don't all go into action and get things done quickly. They take forever to do things. So was, they had done this years beforehand for the, that very contingency happening, and every country has the same laws. Now that the citizens are all suspect, we're all spied upon with no rights whatsoever, and that falls in with what it falls in with the old agenda to eventually uh, corral the public as we go down into poverty, basically, and massive changes, which will bring back disease and and even famine, because now the food supply is also owned by the big agribusinesses, about five of them across the whole planet. Now. So what they've been doing for years, even before 9-11, was using uh, ex-soldiers, ex-military to go into the police forces, not just in the U.S. but in Britain too. And when you do that, of course, you know that you're going to get a militarized police, and that's what they wanted, because they knew that coming along the road was the stage for terrorism and anti-terrorism. It was all planned that way, to get the rushes and the changes through. Now, of course, they're getting masses of equipment in the U.S. I talked about some of it the other night there, too, where the Army equipment's been dumped all over the U.S. and police forces, whether they want to or not even, and even if they can use it or not, it doesn't matter. 
But uh, some of the, the cities now, since they're, they're made up of so many ex-forces, people in the police force, they want uh, full military equipment. Do they see themselves as the military too, by the way? And all the countries involved, even in Canada, is getting that way as well. And cops are going in who want to, I think, shoot people. I really think they are. I mean, you've got a generation who grew up watching nothing but anti-terrorism wars, good guys, bad guys. The good guys are always wearing black with badges on, and, and they kill uh, with impunity anybody they want to. That's what you're seeing. We're seeing lots of instances, too, where uh, the cops are acting like Judge Dredd, the, the, the series and movies and so on, on, on Judge, uh, Judge Red, because Judge Red uh, was, was the jury and the executioner, it's, and the same thing. That's what police force are supposed to come to in the land of sci-fi. But you're actually seeing it here too. And in other countries, including Britain as well, by the way. There's a lot of sadism involved too uh, when they taser people to death over and over and over and over again. It's just incredible. And we accept it too. And that trains the general public to simply obey. Be scared, be scared, be scared, and obey. Whenever you see uniforms. That's the intention of it. Now, in New Hampshire, says the city wants a, a tank, a military tank, to use against occupiers and libertarians, it says. It says, um, in an application to the Department of Homeland Security, seeking more than $250,000 to purchase an armored police vehicle, the capital city of New Hampshire specified the local branch of the Occupy movement and the Free State Project in an effort to recruit liberty-loving people, it says, to relocate to the Granite State as potential sources of terrorist action. The city of New Hampshire's experience with terrorism slants primarily towards the domestic type. The filing reads, We are fortunate that our state has not been victimized from a mass casualty event from an international terrorism strike. However, on the domestic front, the threat is real, and here groups such as the Sovereign Citizens, Free Staters, and Occupy New Hampshire are active in present daily challenges. Now, this was inevitable because, to understand, uh, there's no such term, really, as, as terrorism. It, it, it's a vague thing. It's something that can be fastened onto anything. And, of course, that, it was always the intention to bring it on to all domestic groups of all kinds that, that aren't PC. I mean, politically correct, you see. So anyway, it says, um, application was obtained by the New Hampshire Civil Liberties Union through a public records request, and it's one of more than 250 filed by the American Civil Liberties Union to track what it sees as the increasing militarization of police departments throughout the country. While the sovereign citizens' movement says it has a history of racism and violence, it says, and I don't know if it is or not, it says uh, Police Chief John Duval now says that he doesn't actually believe the Free State Project or Occupy New Hampshire are domestic terror threats. I wish I would have worded things differently, he says, but I understand why their eyebrows are raised about that. He talks up the wording to the limitations of writing a detailed proposal in only three pages and says it was meant to refer to the unpredictable nature of unpredictable people who attach themselves to otherwise lawful situations. You could also include the police forces in that too, couldn't you? That last part. There's no, there's no plans, it says. Duval has no plans to issue a formal apology. But he exchanged emails with uh, Carla Gurick, president of the Free State Project, to explain his position, which is also attempted to clarify with local reporters. But anyway, they want a brand new vehicle because their old Enco Bearcat G3, they say, is, uh, is not working, it says. But back with more uh, after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, this is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about the big system. And just to add to the last article to rectify something, the, the cops want a Lenko Bearcat G3 because their old Air Force Peacekeeper 1981 model has fallen into disrepair, they claim. And so this new one is basically, uh, it's, it's built sort of above or on the frame of a Ford F550. It's got armor plating that can sustain a 50 caliber rifle fire. And, uh, and and so on and so on. And mind you, it says in, in the article they can actually use it for a suicide situation. Imagine that thing driving up and you're ready to kill yourself. But this is the nonsense that we get fed, you see, because the big boys have a different reason for it altogether. So there's going to be a real accounting when the, the debt all comes home as it's meant to happen. And at some time, they could tally on forever and ever because it's all con game anyway, anyway with figures. But... um. It's, they're going to keep this going for as long as they can. They'll know exactly when they're going to crash it next time. Uh, but it says the U.S. debt uh, six times greater than declared, the new study says. And the U.S. debt's accumulated over $70 trillion in unreported debt, and about nearly six times the declared figure, according to a new study by University of California, San Diego, economics professor James Hamilton. The unique aspect of Hamilton's study is that he examines federal debt that has not been publicly released, specifically the government support for housing, other loan guarantees, deposit insurance, actions taken by the Federal Reserve, and government trust funds. Since the global economy hit rock bottom in 2008, U.S. federal debt has gone through the roof, increasing from $5 trillion to an estimated $12 trillion in 2013. Meeting the internet payments, the interest payments alone on the debt, uh, it's a burden and presents a formidable challenge for the taxpayers. In addition to the debt, Americans must pay it back around $220 billion annually just in interest. That's compound interest, you see. That's why compound interest was developed by the bankers a long, long time. It's many centuries ago, by the way. All through the Middle Ages, it was getting used too and caused a lot of strife for certain people. But um, this is the, the nonsense that you get, uh, that, you're, uh, that uh, people still think they're going to go back to normal. Normal to them means the consumer society that was given to them by Edward Bernays, who designed it for the U.S. He designed the psychology for the U.S. And he said to the, even to the, to the people who were making products, rather than to try to sell good products to the public, he says, change the public to buy your products. And so he went through, he used just lots of psychology, different techniques and so on, to train the public to buy and want and want. Because you see, with a reward principle, uh, when you slog at some rotten job week after week, and you get paid monthly now, most folk do anyway, uh, then you want to reward yourself for getting through another rotten month. And uh, if, you, if you get denied that, of course, there's consequences. People become very angry and so on with each other and everyone else. And, of course, things go down the tube. So they're training you now to feel happy, and it's called wellness programs. And the government's talked about wellness programs. Even the, the chairman of the Federal Reserve in the U.S. talked about we must concentrate on wellness uh, programs and, and forget the GDP. So if you're poor on the streets, as long as you feel well and happy, I'm sure thanks to pharma, which will be supplies eventually free, freed by the government, uh, will uh, keep you feeling well and happy. So that's okay. I'm not kidding you about this too. This is what it's to be literally. All the countries across the world in the so-called democratic countries have rolled out this wellness program to, uh, to get your cross uh, wellness all down on record. So that's where it's supposed to go.
This is all in your mind, you see, like everything else. Now, we also know, too, that uh, Britain's is, is plummeting as it was meant to plummet because it's, it's plummeting with uh, immigration alone and the cost of bringing new immigrants in who have nothing and housing them and putting them in the health system that was never designed for uh, this kind of population flooding in and many other things, too. But that's that's agenda. That's an agenda. There's, there's method to the madness, too. And the same thing is to happen to the U.S., of course. But it says UK wages are declining and they're amongst the worst in Europe, it says here. And uh, so it's been seen one of the largest falls in the European Union during the economic downturn. I hate these nonsensical things, economic downturn. They talk about austerity, forced austerity. They talk about economic downturn. And the figures which were requested by the Labour Party and collated by the House of Commons Library show average hourly wages have fallen 5.5% since mid-19 or 2010 and adjusted for inflation and so on. It's the fourth worst decline amongst the 27 EU nations. And yet it's got one of the largest debts to pay off as well. So that can't go on forever either, unless they keep just printing money like the US. That's the way it's designed, isn't it? And then you have the same symptom of those at the top, the ones who are worthy to go off into the, the future. Their future, of course, is we all die off. Uh, always, they're all crooked at the top, as we all know. They don't see themselves, as I say, as crooked. They see themselves as being uh, good providers for, the, for their own, you see, because they intermarry their own often, and they have dynasties, and they're part of the aristocracy. But you see, J.P. Morgan accused of manipulating the U.S. energy markets using eight different trading strategies. I read this sort of article every year on who's manipulating the, the trading. Uh, and, uh, of course, J.P. Morgan always pops up. But the Federal Energy Regulating Commission has accused J.P. Morgan of using manipulative bidding strategies in U.S. energy markets. The, the bank's physical energy business is housed within J.P. Morgan Ventures Energy Corporation. Back in May, the New York Times reported that regulators wanted the bank, warned the bank that it was being investigated for manipulating markets in Michigan and California. According to the report, it was specifically looking into the work of commodities legend Blythe Masters, it says. And it goes on and on. But the same thing's happening across the world with these big boys who see themselves as the fittest because they're at the top of the tree and they're the richest to go on into the future and all the CEOs that belong to them too and their families as well. As that's what we've got. And that's the plan, of course, is to go on and on and on. Now, I've mentioned many times that um, Carol Quigley, who was the, the archivist, was the historian for for the archives of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations Group, uh, because they have their own version of history. They, t- they really do, and they really do fill in all the blank bits and tell you wh- why wars started. They were behind the wars, in fact. He thought it was good for a good cause. And he was all for it himself. And uh, he thought the public had the right to know now, and we'd accept it. You know, and Maybe a lot of folk would have accepted the fact that uh, these guys had been behind these wars for a good cause. But anyway, he said the new system would be a feudal system and CEOs and corporations run the world. It's already happening as governments uh, uh, do their private deals with uh, corporations and they give all utilities and everything else over to their pals. Actually, this is their masters because politicians are lower in the totem pole than the big CEOs of the giant corporations. And this article says, imagine a feudal country where 432 families own half the land. It says, welcome to guess where Scotland, it says. Uh, it says, the country's fastest states are under threat of being broken up and sold to small farmers. And the, the lairds are not too happy about it, it says. 
but their lineages date back to before the time of the Stuart Kings, whilst their farms and sporting estates sprawl across vast swaths of some of the most beautiful and lucrative landscapes in the world. Remember, this all goes back to the Normans and so on. And England also put in their lords to take over Scotland uh, gradually and quietly, by the way, by bribery. Uh, to, to own all the land. It says, yet the Scottish lairds have found themselves under attack for breaking, after breaking their silence and fiercely opposing reforms, which could see their historic lands broken up and offered for sale to small farmers and community groups. Scotland currently has the most concentrated pattern of private ownership in the developed world, with just 432 individuals accounting for half of all non-public land. Submissions, but mind you, the Queen owns the rest. So submissions by the aristocracy and their representatives to the Land Reform Review Group, which was set up by the Scottish Government to consider the stalled questions of redistribution, revealed deep-seated opposition to change, critics claim. Amongst those to challenge the proposals was an estate belonging to the 10th Duke of Pacluch, a title created in 1663 for the illegitimate son of Charles II, who is now Europe's largest landowner, with holdings valued at more than £1 billion. Mark Coombs, the manager of the Duke's 33,000 hectare Queensbury estate, said there was no call for the ownership structure to change. There's also concerns if the purpose of changing the ownership is simply to allow another party to carry out the same activity as has currently been undertaken by the existing owner as this strikes at the essence of ownership rights and suggests a clear move towards a more collectivist political view which is not representative of the body politic of Scotland, he said. And then other dukes have their have their critiques in it here too about it, and those who want to read it can see for themselves. But don't forget, it's to go back to feudalism, and we already have that, by the way. If you look up uh, on the internet uh, about the the carbon sinks, uh, carbon CO2 sinks, you'll find that big CEOs and big corporations are getting money back, actually getting paid money uh, and and tax relief when they take over mass massive swaths of land claiming that the forest on it or whatever else is on it will, will be a, a CO2 carbon sink and it's good for the planet. There's many ways of doing the same thing, you understand. Many, many ways. People always see things from one point of view. They can't get outside themselves and see it from many points of view. You almost have to do that, step outside and be an alien and look at the whole system. And then you'll start thinking for yourselves and questioning everything you've ever believed in. Everything. Also, I want to touch down on as science goes into what it was designed to do, or the present time that is. Uh, it says new, new system uses low power Wi Fi signals to track moving humans, even behind their walls in their own home. I'll put this up tonight too. It's an older story, but uh, no one's stopping it. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and talking, talking, talking about Scotland too, mind you. It says here, Scotland's population climbs to a record level. And the bit it tells you later, it's, it's mainly because of incomers, immigrants from other countries, and that's why it's up. Uh, the Scots themselves are all dying off. It was, it was meant, that was a plan a long time ago, since the clearances and fires to kill them all off. But uh, it's, it's pretty well succeeded. And now they're flooding in, of course, from other countries. And the, the socialist communist government that pretends it's Scottish over there uh, is welcoming them all to, to take the place of those who are, who are all gone. And also this article too, 
to do with um, this other tracking system they've got in London. Uh, you know, London, home of democracy and all that nonsense. It says tracking devices now are hidden in London's recycling bins and, and they're stalking your smartphone. They're not kidding. They, they put them in so that everybody passing with a smartphone, uh, this thing can, can go into your phone and, and listen to whoever you're talking to and all the rest of it too. It's just incredible, isn't it? The lengths they go to. If you, if you don't get the message now, you understand, you're never going to get it that your governments literally see themselves as a, a separate species from the rest of you. See, you're, you're in the past, you're the old man and woman, and they're the new type to go off into the future. And they expect you all to cause problems for them down the road. I, I always hated this term, public servants. I've never seen a servant yet that gets the salaries these characters do, that, that, and they command respect, believe you me. Something's, something, I guess all wording, isn't it? It's all wording to con the public. Also, Oliver Stone came out and, um, and called Obama a snake and so on. A video released Wednesday shows American filmmaker and Vietnam veteran Oliver Stone telling a Tokyo audience that President Obama is a snake for institutionalizing illegal national security agency spy programs. It says Obama's a snake, he told reporters earlier the week at the Foreign Correspondents Club of Japan, and it brought about laughter and applause. He says he's a snake and we have to turn on him. He says it's never about terrorists, he's talking about terrorism. It's never about terrorists. It's always about the way J. Edgar Hoover did it, he says. He brought all the weights of government to bear against protesters. He didn't like protesters. He thought they were all left-wing communists. He never could find the proof. By the time the Vietnam War came around, as you know, 500,000 people were on the list, and there were being eavesdrops on, and where are we now? It's the same place. But, you see, and it's true, there were communists in the U.S. at that time, but they're all in the State Department, you see. It wasn't amongst the general population so much. The real communists were already running in America. They actually had been since the day of, of FDR's day. He brought them in openly, by the way. Read your history books. Anyway, it says, um, Stone went on to praise whistleblower Edward Snowden, called him a, a hero and so on, and thanked President uh, Vladimir Putin for, for, for taking him in, of course, and so on. But uh, Obama, I understand there's no parties at the top. There haven't been for an awful long time. There's only one agenda. And Carl Quigley, the historian for the CFR, Royal of International Affairs, says there hasn't been a president or prime minister in the democratic countries elected. And it was talking in the 1960s, he says, for the last 60 years. That's back then. And it hasn't changed. The top guys are all members of the one organization. They're in on the big world agenda. And how to, their job is simply to manage the public. And you vote the last bunch out when you're sick of the last government. And you vote the new one in because you're hopeful. You have an optimism part in your brain, you see. You live in hope. And it stops you from, from rebelling, you see. So it's, it's awfully efficient democracy in that respect. Also, they're now doctoring uh, speeding uh, tickets on the cameras, it is. Speeding ticket camera company is doctoring the evidence, it says. Nothing feels, feels worse than getting a speeding ticket in the mail. It says, uh, it says, if they weren't bad enough, as is, a report from the Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Area suggests that cameras are being used to catch you might not be playing by the rules. In fact, the camera contractors might be fudging evidence to make sure you can't challenge the tickets. Driving Politics website, the newspaper reports that D.C. cameras contractor American Traffic Solutions, it's all privatized, isn't it, has started cro- uh, cro- uh, cropping photos and repositioning cameras to make the citations issued as a result of photo evidence harder to challenge in court. A court recently ruled that if any additional vehicles are visible in a gotcha photo, it can be questioned. 
So uh, you understand, you, the people are just, uh, Britain's the same too, uh, all the so-called democratic countries are the same, where uh, the, the cities all look for extra cash, and they actually count all the money and traffic tickets in to account when they do their budgets, what they need for next next year and so on, or next quarter. And they tell them, get more money to come in here. The cops are used simply as an extortion racket. On Britain, they persecute the motorists on the road like you wouldn't believe. It's like vast armies of cop cars having contests with each other from different areas of England, getting together and seeing who gets the most tickets for the day. I mean, it's just disgusting. Everything is utterly corrupt today. Utterly, and getting worse. Getting worse. I also want to mention, too, that Israel has now outlawed water fluoridation as well, like many other states are happening in, in the U.S. and different places. And that uh, it's about time. It's about time that people started questioning uh, all of the, the incredible evidence about fluoride that's been stacked up over many, many years. But again, uh, it, it dumbs you down, makes makes it makes you easier to handle, and so on. And also uh, from uh, an Israeli paper or a Jewish paper, I should say, in, in the states, it says Israel's everyday racism and how American Jews turn a blind eye to it. And it's got, it talks about Israel itself and some of the statements from the top people in Israel about the Arabs and different people. And right there, killing them, there's, there's no big deal and so on. Uh, this is the kind of remarks they're making. It's, it's quite something to see this. It's sad, you know, when you're looking for some peace in the world. But if it's going to boil back down to pure basic tribalism, uh, what are any elite going to do? Or what is an elite going to do in the world to stop all this stuff? To try to get some peace. What everybody thinks are special. And their group is special. And they'll, and of course the ones who, the psychopaths who get up to the top of every single group, and they always do the top because they create power. Uh, how can you stop this merry-go-round, this constant cycle of things happening? That's quite something. Also, I'm going to put up a, an update on Gerfec from Scotland. That's the flagship to test out every child having a, a state-sponsored overseer, basically, that comes into the house. Every child born in every family. And I also put up articles, too, with a, an American counterpart. It's going to be given more push by Obama recently to do much the same thing in the U.S. as well. And it's quite it's worth reading it all because um, this is a, a, a worldwide program that they talked about instituting uh, over 100 years ago when socialism would really take in. Now, socialism, as I say, is simply managed by the big bankers. They were the ones who gave you it. They love debt, and they love a controlled society. It's easier for them to have big governments borrow money from them for social programs than it is to go to, to individuals and try to get their money back. That's why they brought that kind of stuff in, that kind of government into and the one I'm going to put up tonight for, for the U.S. is Obamacare provision will allow forced home inspections by government agents. There's actually three articles on it, but it also goes into targeting the children, uh, again, their wellness, uh, just like the Gerfic thing is too. And so government agents will be uh, talking to the children, questioning the children, seeing if they need treatment, all this kind of stuff, and special treatment by them, and asking them about their parents via, via the child, the same kind of snooping, and that's really going to the top as well. And lastly, uh, there's a new computer hooked up, you can hook up to people who are in supposedly vegetative states. 
in, in, uh, and it's tried out in Canada, apparently a, a Korean company. And they tried it on different uh, people who were in vegetative states and found out that some of them weren't. Through this computer, they could actually get a voice and they could hear and see everything that was happening. They simply couldn't communicate or move anything at all. Now, it makes you think about all this harvesting of organs has been going on for years now for big, big dollars. And they want the live donor, remember, to take it out of, to actually wheel them in with the person who's going to get uh, the heart or kidneys or whatever. And they say that there's no brain activity. Well, here's it's been disproven. This is going to cause a, a bit of controversy. This is locked in his body for 12 years, but finally given a voice. Man in a so-called vegetative state can speak thanks to a mind-reading computer. He was able to give answer questions through the computer, basically, uh, of yes and no. He knew where he was. He knew that he was in a hospital. He knew what had happened and so on. He simply couldn't communicate any other way. Quite something, eh? Well, from Hamish Massiard from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>